0: Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. Here's your MotorWeek
1: podcast host, John Davis.
0: Thank you, Alec Webb, the voice of MotorWeek. And this is MotorWeek podcast number 98, and we're in Studio C at our MotorWeek World headquarters. And joining me around a roundtable today is Road Test producer, Ben Davis. Hey, guys. Writer, producer, 2 Willem reporter, Brian Robinson. Hola. Writer, Patrick Lucas. Uh, hey. And our over-the-edge reporter, Zach Mascal. Hi. <laughs> Is that the most you can muster?
2: Hey, hi. How are you doing? A little more. Thanks a little for more. me.
0: Thank you for the enthusiasm. And we have a lot to be enthusiastic about today. We'll get into the lightning round, or a viewer question later. But first, it's all about the cars. We're going to t- cover a variety today, if the mouth starts working, the Lamborghini Uricon. Huracan. Uh yeah, I close. Guess we'll, we'll start there. Oricon LP six hundred ten dash four and and be very specific. It's six hundred ten four four. What's
3: the LP stand for?
1: Longitudinale Posizione. Whoa, of the engine. basically the yeah, mid engine. That's all. Let's uh, start with that one. This
0: yeah. is the first new Lamborghini since the, the uh, Gallardo.
1: Well, yeah. I think Aventador was probably after Gallardo. The I Aventador was? come after? Yeah, yes, yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. Okay, but so this 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 the, is the replacement for the Gallardo. Continues the Gallardo story. Yeah, the Gallardo kind of launched. the. Now they're uh, Lambo's owned by Audi, kind of launched uh, with the R8. Can you tell Brian and, actually
0: had a chance to to go overseas yeah. and drive this car? He's, he's really pumped up about this one. Go uh, ahead.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was worth the long flight. Anyway, uh, the Gallardo, again, uh, kind of based on the R8, that all-aluminum chassis. Uh, took the brand to new levels in sales, the most successful uh, Lamborghini ever. This car kind of continues that. Um, still kind of based on the same chassis, but there's a lot of carbon fiber added into the mix now. And uh, the big, I guess the big story with it is like a lot of sports cars, I mean, you can't get by with. A rough ride and a cobbled together interior and supercars anymore which is um, used to be a, a
0: lamborghini pretty much trademark
1: correct you know everyone wants to be their supercars to basically feel like a daily driver and uh you know the Orticon definitely uh achieves that but still got all the track performance it's got the all-wheel drive um 610 horsepower insane amount of grip on the track um dsg trans no nice. manual oh yeah um nice but uh hey, it's just a blast
0: when you drove it, yes. was, you know, having said what you just said, did you get it? Were you surprised? Did you, had you been prepared for it to be so different? Was it actually feel as different as you thought? Because, um, I mean, this car, they've, they've got a lot based on this car. I mean, a yeah. lot to, a lot of their future.
1: It's pretty much what I thought it would be <laughs> and what I hoped it would be, Um Again, it's it's not totally revolutionary different from the Gallardo, just uh kind of further furthering where they were going with that car. Hugely refined. But taking a big step, yeah. Why do you
0: think they avoid the Ferrari uh penchant for doing drastic styling changes?
1: Well, I think that's a big hallmark is of that look that super wide flat look. They they love that. That's what they are. And I don't think they're – well, I shouldn't say never, but I don't think they have any plans anytime soon of going away from that.
0: I mean, it's certainly a big
1: difference from, say, uh, their rivals.
3: How was your headroom in that thing? Because I know Gallardo and stuff is pretty tight for a guy. I'm
1: I'm right at six foot, and, you know, you could be a little taller, but there wasn't a whole lot more
3: there. Gotcha.
0: The rest of us haven't driven the car, but we've seen it. Impressions? Were you disappointed when you saw it? Uh, Does that really matter?
4: I I wasn't – I mean, I would never be – disappointed to look at a Lamborghini. Um I didn't think it was nearly as ev- or I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it wasn't nearly as evolutionary. Um I, mean, I know it evolved a little bit, but it still kind of looks, you know, it looks like what you would expect a Lamborghini to look like, which is cool and awesome, but you know, I was hoping for a, something a little new.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's got the uh it's got a really cool uh, gauge panel. There's no center screen on the center stack like most cars. Everything's just in an extra wide uh, gauge panel and you can split screen it and multi screen it and bring up all kinds of uh, configurations. You know, like full on beast track mode or you can <laughs> do like your daily driver with a huge nap screen. You know, can, whatever you want. Can you touch it or is it strictly controls? Nah, on the it's uh, controls on the wheel and then an MMI control. Oh, okay, they try to distance, they really try to distance themselves from the Audi with this car and I think for the most part it, it is, but it's still got the MMI. Uh, the all-wheel drive system is still 70% uh, bias to the mm-hmm. rear, which is the same as Quattro. So I'm sure it's still all technically the same stuff, but uh, it certainly doesn't feel alley- Did it
0: seem more separated than the Gallardo to you? Do you did it seem like that? From Audi? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah.
1: definitely did a good job of, of uh, masking that. Zach, we've heard nothing from you. <laughs> Uh, Any impressions? Was there one of Cars and Coffee? Oh, that's the wrong podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was not one of Cars and Coffee. Uh, I but, would love to see one in person. It looks great from the front. She's got a nice rear. Um, I think it's a good-looking baby Lamborghini.
0: It's a cool-looking car. Can't wait to actually get a chance to, to do more than just sit on it. Uh, the name comes from? Can't okay, you give us the background? Uh, Hurricane. It's another bull. It's a Spanish, the Spanish name for the uh, Aztec god of storms, I believe.
1: Hurricane, yes. Yeah, and when hur-
0: <laughs> and hurricane is a direct uh, was taken directly from the name.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah and all the Lambros are named after some famous famous bull, fighting Spanish bull, yeah. which I, I, you I, I, heard of you first. Yeah. Well, probably not first, but. <laughs> last. Hopefully, hopefully adequately
0: <laughs> okay let's move along to a horse of a different color or a bull of a different color this is the kia k900 uh this is kia's attempt to move even further up market a steady march that we've seen them try and do for the last four or five years uh, this is a a rear drive um, highly premium car their version of the hyundai equus i guess uh, what did you think of it? Uh, is it uh, reaching too far for this brand, uh, given how people see perceive them, or what's going on here?
1: Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Hyundai has had a pretty good success moving up market, and I thought basically with that strategy was a good one. And then leaving Kia to be the not up market brand, but now they're trying to take Kia up there too. I'm not so sure it works. I mean, it's a decent car, um, and again, it's not. It's a car that they've sold in Korea for for a long time. Right. It's not like uh, you know they went out of the way to make it for this market or anything. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Would uh, you buy a sixty five
0: thousand dollar Kia?
2: At least nah. maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. No.
0: It's. I mean, let's talk about the attributes of the car. It. Um, you get in it. It has. Virtually every bell and whistle you could possibly want or expect, say in a in a Mercedes of the same uh, size, mm-hmm. well, dollar amount, it certainly beats the competition substantially. Uh, I guess the closest thing I, I wouldn't compare it to an S class, but I'd certainly compare it to an E class. Uh, on the other hand, you get absolutely none of the status, and not being able to afford that class of car, I'm still under the impression most people in that class in that rarefied atmosphere, want the status.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't really get – I get the Genesis because that's a little smaller, a little less expensive. You can max it out, um, and I guess the same thing with the
0: – And it's also more driver-oriented. Yeah,
4: exactly. But, you know, you start getting bigger and you start, you know, higher price tag um, – I'm just not totally convinced. I mean, like like somebody said, it is a good car. I mean, it's a decent car, but mm-hmm. I just don't really understand well,
3: if, it. If you, uh, if you can't decide if you want an Audi or a Lexus or a Mercedes or a BMW, you would get a K900 because you can see little bits of all of those cars <laughs> yeah. in this. Right. It's a That's tribute to, to cars it's that you can't afford. And students. probably
0: save a lot of money or at least twenty grand, yeah. uh, versus something of the same size. So, I don't know, Kia, it 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 didn't, it also lacked one of the things that every Kia, other than it, basically has an attribute, and that is some driving uh, performance feel to it. I mean, whenever we review any kind of Kia product that is very similar in architecture to a Hyundai product, usually the Kia drives a little better. A little more steering feel, a little more chassis compliance. That wasn't the case here. This car was pretty... Pretty much like a, an Equus with a different body.
1: Uh, it was a Luxo boat, like 90s Buickish <laughs> ride yeah. quality. Had some float.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, V8 sounded great. I thought it was going to have full air ride suspension, but uh, apparently it's only got dampening adjusting in the uh, higher end. So.
0: Yeah, there will be a six-cylinder version, which will be somewhat less expensive and probably have adequate performance, but uh, I don't know. Good luck to them. It's a lot of money for uh, um, a car that doesn't have a prestige image. Uh, A good car. I think we all agree on that.
3: It'll be a good buy in a few years. A good buy in a few (laughs) years,
0: but uh, maybe not exactly what we would be looking for if we could afford that price tag. Um, Moving on to something that is – In the same vein, but at the other end of the spectrum, the Audi A3. Now, here is Audi's attempt to bring an up-level subcompact into the U.S. market. They've had the A3 before, but it's only been a hatchback. It hasn't done that well. This A3 is a sedan. And basically, we've looked at Mercedes. They're doing it with the CLA rather well. Are we going to see more German upscale, really small cars
1: yeah i think absolutely i mean between the if not cars certainly suvs they all got the uh, subcompact crossovers coming out but i mean yeah why not it's probably the same size as what the a4 was when it came here and uh same kind of buyer and a4 i think it's been a uh, pretty successful car uh yeah why why not i Ad- the- identify yourself as an audi owner yes
4: so it's, i it's, patrick lucas i'm yeah. an audi owner um,
1: <laughs> hi patrick <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about
4: um, that. yeah i you know i went on the a3 launch uh trip and i came back very impressed and then we you know got a mm-hmm. few months to cool off came and then i came to the office and i don't know i wasn't nearly as impressed i i still really like it um for what it is but It's just – it's not the Audi that I know and am used to. Well,
0: because you're – all right, because you're used to an Audi, what do you think it lacked? I mean, you could –
4: It just didn't feel – it still felt very nice and sporty and compact, um, um, but I don't know. It just didn't have that sort of – Prestige, or I don't know what the word is, but
0: do you think any part of that could have been because of the approach they took to the interior? They took a, a totally different approach. They made it th- very minimalist, a uh, little old sports cars of the '60s type. Uh, I kind of like
4: that. I like that minimalist take that they took, mm. but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that this car maybe allows them to maybe take the A4 in a more premium direction. Hmm.
2: It's definitely got bare bones interior. Um, that being said, it is still a nice interior. I just feel like they could have tightened a lot up. For instance, even small things like the seat belts. Uh, if there's nobody sitting in the passenger seat, they just flop about in the wind. Mm. Uh, some other things looks good from outside. The, the seats are comfortable, but uh, you know they could be a little a little bit more sporty. Um, pretty good steering feel. It actually felt a little heavy at times. But, um, you know, compared to the CLA, I know which one I'd be choosing. And, uh, you know, if the CLA is selling well, then this has got to.
0: Well, but the CLA probably sells well because, uh, A, Mercedes has a little bit more higher, uh, you know, more premium appeal than Audi. But also, it's a very stylish-looking car. This car really doesn't stand out a bit.
3: So, yeah, it looks like an A4, really, Yeah. if, you're, if you see it from a distance. You've got to get really up on it, too. I mean, I was, came back from a string of trips, and it was in the parking lot, and I thought it was an A4.
0: You can't help but mistake it. I,
4: I, I don't. I don't like this whole segment. I sort of like flip flop on the CLA. I like the look, but I didn't have much fun driving it. And then the A3, I had fun driving it, but I'm not crazy about. You know, I wouldn't be crazy it, about living with it. Now I just I feel like I don't like this whole segment.
0: It, it does seem <laughs> like that each car has got half the equation. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, we. Uh, it. I will say that. Um, Uh, Ben and I have just driven the VW Golf, which we're going to get to next, and that's the same chassis. And I don't know about you, but we might as well move on there. I had a totally different feeling about the GTI. You did? Yeah. I mean, I Uh, –
3: It was over the A3, absolutely. Yeah. I I thought
0: the GTI was just awesome. Absolutely. I mean, it just improved in every area. Uh, Again, the the styling is evolutionary, but it looks like a Golf, and there isn't anything else that looks like it Mm -hmm. or that transcends it. Right and and it was tight had good steering feel, which I actually thought the A3 felt
3: rather dead. And it felt more like an Audi inside than the A3 does for sure. Yeah. That thing it is super premium now inside, flat bottom wheel. Yeah, you know, know, really nice rich materials,
0: rich materials yeah. all the way around. Um, it's a um, <laughs> Well, I mean we had we had a chance. They were pretty good at the event. They gave you a lot to compare it to. We also had the electric version of it. I mean they're going to try and expand golf popularity by leaps and bounds there's the tsi which is the entry car which isn't out yet there's a tdi there's going to be a the they're taking the jetta wagon and turning it into a golf wagon but the gti which was definitely um more mainstream than the last gti yet to me it lost none of its driving character i I enjoy there's a gti s now is that is true uh, well? The
1: S is the new lower trim. Right. Level. It's, not a, it's not a sportier GTI. It's not a sportier GTI. That's
4: deceiving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the GTI with the performance package, which comes later, adds the 10 horsepower and the electric differential, uh, which is the first time that electronic and then differential. Then there's an Audubon
3: uh-huh. package and yeah. stuff. Basically, it's a nomenclature that it will never show up on the actual body of the car outside uh-huh. of the yeah. Monroney. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. it seems like they took... The previous GTI, which was pretty – which really stood out because of the front end. And they've homogenized it to really make this the mainstream Golf. Uh, I mean, you can go lower or you can go diesel, but this is the car they want Golf to be known for.
3: Right, right. Uh, It would be nice if we could go GT diesel, GTD. What's the word on that? That,
0: Uh, They didn't mention it at all at the event. Yeah, uh, I heard this that now. There. It's a no go.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know, but
0: that's too bad because that's a big market. Yeah, uh, and the diesel engines new.
1: Who knows if that's true? But yeah. just what I heard.
0: Uh, anybody else have an impression you've you've seen? The I
4: have never driven a Golf or GTI or anything. So. Have you? Wow! Not? I, wow. I, am, I am I am not a convert.
0: How is it because you didn't want to or didn't no, have the I just, opportunity?
4: Just have the opportunity.
0: Well, you know, it's the original hot hatchback, yeah. and when it came upon the scene in the early 80s, it, it was transformed.
1: It Basically, was what, I'm, yeah, what, I'm,
4: what I'm getting at is I'm excited for it to get into
1: the press fleet. I thought it was just some Audi snobbery. Coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of sounded like it there
0: for a minute.
1: All right, Zach, any impressions, small
0: German hot rods?
2: They're awesome. I mean, it's one of the first cars that I ever fell in love with. I think the VR6 was um, the second car to, or the second motor to be in the GTI, but um, I mean, it's just they're continuing to sell well. And Ben came back from the event and he was pumped about it, and mm-hmm. I was happy about it too. But then I just got bummed to hear about the diesel thing. Uh, That's it's not point. confirmed. That's just a rumor. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, they they did not mention it at all, but I don't think I think because they figure they can sell. I, I don't know. They can sell every diesel golf they're going to bring in. It would seem like a natural to me to give that buyer something extra, but yeah, maybe they GTD, don't want it. Awesome. But the. Uh, We'll see. But anyway, the, uh, the gist of it is the new uh, Volkswagen Golf uh, GTI is going to be a hit, and it's a terrific fun to drive, and it's I'm a looking, good move up. I would Aren't like
3: it? to compare one against a WRX here sometime before, maybe sometime this year. At, I think that's a, a good car. idea. Unlike no, the A3,
1: you can get a manual in the yep. GTI. Yep. All right. Yep. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, that was that's also odd. That you know, I guess they just figured the Audi buyer doesn't want a manual anymore, which is too right. bad. But it's the same powertrain, so what? What's the big deal?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess see for the S3 maybe.
2: maybe. I don't know. yeah, they're they're pushing that Audi A3 to a lot of the uh, millennials too. So not too people many are more people, tired people are of shifting. The, yeah, yeah, they're like just they really really want to drive autos. the car
3: anymore.
1: Why would they want to
0: shift gears? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. hey,
3: if I have to, I will. But.
0: Uh, You know, I probably won't won't be around to worry about that. It's time now for our lightning round. Our panelists have two minutes to debate trending automotive topics. Um, When time's up, they're going to hear the bell. Okay. We're talking about all these different models coming in, and a lot of the manufacturers primarily right now – the German manufacturers, and also, I think, Lexus, every time you turn around, there's some new iteration of a model. You know, it's the the, the four-door coupes. It's, it's now Mercedes is going to do two different styles of SUVs, one's for the street and one's for off-road and separate them. You know, is this getting too much of a good thing? Or are they just cashing in on their popularity? Does every Do these manufacturers need to try and invent new categories or provide absolutely something for everyone? Is it getting too confusing? With that, I'll hush. And what do you think?
1: Well, I don't know how much of it is really new models or just renaming of, of other models that have already been existed where they just called it a coupe. Now it's a whole different model. And so I don't know. Sure. I mean, people want variety. You want to have something that your neighbor doesn't have. Uh, I mean, I guess it, we'll get to a point where it is too much, but uh, yeah, I say bring them on. They can do so much. We're just talking about the the golf and the A3 on Volkswagen's MQB mm-hmm. architecture, where they're pretty much every vehicle that Audi and Volkswagen is going to make. It's going to be that chassis. Be the same exact chassis, and they can stretch it and small. They can make it however to fit whatever car they want to fit. So I mean, so why shouldn't they go out to yeah, niches? It's the development work is already done. Yeah.
4: I just I had it in mind. I don't want to single out BMW, but I'm going to. One series, two series, and all those, and then you got three series, X3, four series, four series Grand Coupe, X4, five series, X5. Like, and you just keep, keep going, going, and going, and there's going, going to be an eight going. or
0: nine series coming. It's just right.
4: That's a lot to keep track of. And do you really I mean is there a demand for every single one of those? I don't know.
0: Well, some of them are obviously small, but I guess it's the fact that these automakers are doing well enough that they can actually start plugging all these holes, because even if you're sharing a chassis, there's still development costs. I wish
2: they would all start making two-seat Roadsters. That would be awesome.
3: Put some
0: of that (laughs) money into that. Zach?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're just uh, catching up with what some other automakers have been doing for a long time now. Um, But like Patrick just said, BMW being one of them, I mean, I'm slightly confused still. I sometimes forget what I'm talking about. And, you know, I've been following BMW since I could point out what a BMW was. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to say, yeah, it is a little bit too much here. But, um, you know, from a marketing standpoint, go for it.
0: You know, actually, we're probably criticizing them for doing what domestic automakers used to do in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which is fill absolutely every niche. And sell, lots and sell lots of cars. <laughs> <laughs> sell lots of cars. Sell even more cars. It is a business. Okay, here we have a, a hypothetical question uh, to do our mailbag segment on this podcast. You have your favorite racetrack. You have it all to yourself. You have a choice of two cars to pit against each other. What would be the most epic showdown that you would want to see? Gentlemen, start your engines.
2: Sure. Mm -hmm. Ferrari F40 versus uh, today's new Porsche uh, Turbo S. Whoa. And I would take, please don't punch me, (laughs) but I'll take one guess of what track I'd pick. Which one? Nürburgring. Oh well. Okay. I need to get on it.
0: <laughs> Once you're on it, you'll
1: yeah. never drive anything else like it. Wow. Brian? I gotta get over there too. Uh I don't know. I'm not real good at hypotheticals. I like to I like to see old stuff versus new stuff. No, I, mean, I, do too. I don't I, that's I don't what know I was if I would say. pick a particular you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like a Mustang or versus the new Mustang or, you know, Ferrari versus old Ferrari. I mean obviously the new one's gonna be better in every category, but I don't know. Just to see how things have changed and to see, you know, maybe it is better, but maybe you still like the old one. Just, uh, I like old versus new stuff.
0: Hmm.
1: Patrick? Uh,
4: just off the top of my head, uh, I've been reading a lot about the Porsches. I've been very interested to see if they're bringing the Cayman, but they're making that way, cranking the performance on that way up. I'm curious to see how that would stack up against a similarly equipped 911.
1: Or, like, a last-gen 911. Yeah, that would be even better. Probably blow it away. Ben, good
3: one. Um, I would probably pick some old stuff, too. I would probably—the track doesn't matter so much, but I would think, like, an old—one of those 300 SLR-going racing Benzes. Yeah, that would be kind
0: of
1: cool.
3: Maybe I'd put one of those up against— like uh, Maybe at one of those rally Audi 100s, those mm-hmm. full rally things. And maybe the venue would be off-road rally. And I'll put that 300 SLR on the you know, rally track <laughs> and see what happens. See if it could fly well, with the doors open.
0: Yeah, they used to rally those things. I think it would be kind of amusing to go back and look at. Oh, I changed. Oh, uh, go, oh, go ahead. I changed. No,
1: no. Uh,
0: addendum. I would uh, take that, up,
3: that, that uh, super raced out Audi 100 rally mm. car versus uh, uh, one of those Porsche 959 the cars the rally stance nine fifty nines? Pit one of those against each other.
0: I think it would be fun to take I like the old versus new too. I think it would be fun to take uh uh something like that M two thirty five I and put it up against a, a two thousand two nice. uh, and say okay not so much how they change different performance but what about the experience for the driver? Right. You know, does, is in one case, and my guess would be that 2002 wouldn't nearly perform as well, of course, but you'd really feel a part of the car. Where as good as the M235i is, you'll feel more like a passenger. But I think something like that where you get into the, the actual personal feel that you get, the thrill you get, is, is kind of a cool thing and thank you that brings to a close our motor Week podcast number 98 i want to thank first of all the folks behind the scene that make everything possible our audio engineer jim bigwood our podcast podcast creator bob Mixter, and uh, patrick lucas who was also our podcast producer That's thanks me. patrick for being here also as one of the reporters and we also have zach is here as our over the edge reporter he had a lot of contribution today thank you sir
3: thank you ben davis as always thanks guys
0: and brian robinson we wouldn't be able to do one without you wow and thank you all for listening to our podcast for catching motor week on both public television and for velocity and until next time i'm john davis thanks for listening watching and being with us on motor week you have been listening to the podcast of motor week television's original automotive magazine MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.